Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Exo Higher Self, the podcast where you send me your questions and I help guide you to your higher self, the part of you that already has the answer. This is Bunny Michael. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so happy to be with you for another week. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, in case some of you didn't know. And it's obviously such an important issue. In fact, I don't know how you separate mental health from any other issue because our thoughts directly affect every aspect of our lives, both personally and collectively. So in honor of Mental Health Awareness Month, I thought, you know, I could talk a little bit about my experiences around mental health, in particular, an experience that did have a huge impact on me um, as far as dealing with my mental health journey. I came out as gay when I was 15 years old, growing up in Texas, and my parents really didn't know how to handle it. They basically said, no, you're not gay, which led me to leaving home and living with my girlfriend's family at the time. And that's when I first really started experiencing depression. I became really depressed and started having panic attacks all the time. And I was also doing a lot of drugs. It was it was like the first time I really discovered um, harder drugs. And I was partying a lot. And I was really just numbing myself. And my parents, out of advice from a child psychiatrist, put me into an inpatient psychiatric hospital. At the time, I really didn't have the insight to realize what was really wrong and why I was so depressed was because my parents weren't accepting me and weren't loving me for who I was. But I remember at the hospital, which was a a very difficult, challenging, traumatic experience um, when I was there, I remember that the word love or the concept of love was never really brought up or discussed as part of the therapy. And thinking back at it now, it's hard to wrap my head around how a psychiatric hospital for children did not understand that what these kids really needed was to feel loved and accepted. I think the word love is used in such a cliche way in our culture that people really don't know how to take it seriously. They say if you talk about love, like all you need is love, you really don't understand what the real world is. And I say when you don't talk about love, you don't understand what the real world is. 
You cannot separate mental health from love. No matter where you are on the spectrum of neurodiversity, what everyone needs is to feel whole and to feel like they belong. We as a higher self community are learning how to do that for ourselves and for everyone in our lives. It doesn't even have to be people directly in our lives. We can send love to everyone and everywhere. So no matter what your practice looks like for your own mental health care, whether it's a spiritual practice, a meditative practice, whether it's medication or therapy or exercise or art or being in service to others or all of the above, Remember to stay grounded in the truth of who you are and what you deserve to acknowledge. You are lovable, babes. So lovable. You're a shining light. You're a blessing. You're a gift. Remember that always. Tattoo it to your freaking forehead if you need to because that is the crux of it. When you realize how lovable you are, and how much care you do deserve. That's when you make the choices. That's when you seek the help you need. That's when you advocate for yourself. That is when you realize other people are worthy of being advocated for. That is when the world changes. That's the power of our higher selves, y'all. That is the realization. So I'm just really, really glad to be on this journey with you. I'm really glad that we're here discussing our issues and helping each other out. And for Mental Health Awareness Month, hopefully we will do some extra stuff to just be mindful and give when you can. There's a lot of organizations that definitely need your support. All right, let's get to the questions. This first question is from an Instagram DM. Hi, Bunny. So grateful for this podcast. It's helped me so much recently. I need some guidance regarding toxic work situations. I'm an actor and had a bad experience with the director trying to manipulate me into doing something I didn't want to do in a performance. She eventually respected my boundary, but really pushed against it in a disrespectful way. I'm slotted to work with her again this summer in a role I'm excited about. And I don't know whether I should distance myself from her or if I should not let her behavior hold me back from playing the role I want to play. Am I a bad person for continuing to work with her? Is that enabling her behavior? I'm very conflicted and would appreciate your guidance. Thank you so much. It's hard, especially in an actor-director relationship, to not feel pressure to do everything your director is asking you to do. And you're absolutely right. She should have respected your boundaries from the beginning. Is there someone else involved that you can speak about this issue to? I'm concerned that if you take this new role without having a conversation with whoever is running the production, you might be put into a similar position. There's nothing inappropriate about wanting to have a meeting about professionalism and boundaries. Any producer would want to facilitate that. Not only does it protect not only does it protect the actors, but it also protects the production. So I would recommend having a meeting to talk it out. Because you shouldn't have to miss out on a role because of someone else's unprofessionalism. Who knows? She could have really grown as a director and already learned from working with you beforehand. 
Our higher selves are guiding us to our higher purpose, and sometimes that purpose is expressed in ways we didn't anticipate. Sometimes things happen to us because we have the capacity to make a change. Your role as an actor isn't just to be an inspiration to your audience, it's also to inspire at every step of your process. Because art just isn't about the end product. It's what you put into it. And when you stand up for an emotionally safe film set, you help everyone involved to be able to create work with the consciousness of love and feel safe enough to be their authentic selves. And that translates into the film or the theater production or whatever it is that you're making. You are an artist and performer. But your highest purpose is stepping into the role of awakening more love and compassion in this world. And seeing there is always a way to create without violating boundaries and respecting everyone's autonomy. Hi, Bonnie. Um, I just want to say I really enjoy the podcast. I'm a new listener, but I've already learned so much. And thank you for your content generally. It's so affirming. Um, but I have a question, I guess. It's, um, I'm really trying to stop comparing myself to others, but I find it really difficult not to. And I think it's more so when it comes to my work. I, I run a magazine and, um, I have a really difficult time when it comes to comparing, like not comparing myself to other like independent zines and what they're doing and, and their success. At the minute, I've had to take a break from running my magazine and it's kind of difficult seeing other people progress and seeing my space kind of be stagnant at the minute because I had to take a break because of school. Um, I, I've tried doing things where like I mute certain um, magazines or, or certain people because I just don't want to see what they're doing or... or have feelings of inadequacy but I find myself still looking them up to see what they're doing and kind of like hurting myself in a way because it does hurt to see I mean I and I feel like it's hard because I don't I feel like it's jealousy and I am jealousy can be such an ugly emotion and I really struggle with it because I know that it doesn't necessarily have to be bad but if it doesn't feel nice to not be happy for other people you know and I don't feel like this a lot. I think it just comes, it's just with a few particular magazines or whatever. But I just don't know what to do with this jealousy. I don't know what to do with this constant comparison. Um, I just want to be happy for them. And I want to, to, to not see them as like my competition, but as like my collaborators, as, as people who I exist with in the same community. But yeah, I guess it's also hard because I'm not really friends with, with them or... I think it's easier for me to be supportive or not see them in that way when, you know, I have a good relationship with those people, but I actually don't. So maybe that also impacts the fact that, you know, I feel negatively. But if you have any advice for managing jealousy or um, compar- comparison, and that would be really great. <laughs> Sorry, I think this was really confusing. But um, thank you again for all your work. Bye. We all struggle with comparing ourselves to other people because we're human and we were brought up in a world that taught us there's only so much room for success and we need to compete with each other for this small space. But all of that isn't real. There is no limit to who we can inspire with our creativity. 
No one can replace you because there is no other you. So everything that you create from a place of honesty and authenticity will be original and valuable and important. Have you ever noticed that you tend to get jealous of people who remind you of yourself? The people who are trying to do similar things? And do you know why we get jealous of them? Because we see them doing their thing and it reminds us that we also have the power to do our thing. And that terrifies us. But rather than taking responsibility for what those feelings are really about, we just project resentment on these other people who, trust me, just like you, struggle with insecurity and are just trying to do their best. They aren't perfect. They get afraid too. They fall into the trap of comparison too. They are just like you. They would love your support just like you would love their support. Imagine how healing it would be if when you had those feelings, you actually just sent them a message saying you love and admire what they're doing. Think about how much that would make you feel good to hear that from one of them. Recently, I made a post on Instagram that was about how to stop feeling bad about yourself on the actual Instagram app when you compare yourself to other people. And it was a real video. And in that video, Higher Self answers by saying, before you get on the app, ask yourself, if I'm going on Instagram to feel bad about myself or I'm going on Instagram to get some inspiration. There's a difference between looking to punish yourself for what you're not doing or to see something that will encourage you because when you see someone courageously putting themselves out there, it gives you the permission to be courageous too. Me personally, if I'm not in the mood to be inspired, if I can sense that I'm like not really feeling my higher self, if I'm feeling a bit down and insecure about my work, I just don't look at that stuff because I know it will make me feel bad. So what's the point? As a creator, we have to learn what behaviors are actually self-sabotaging our practice. I mean, that is really, really important. And right now you're just building your mindfulness. Okay, like when I'm feeling this way, I probably shouldn't look at this. And that's okay. Don't judge those struggles. We all have them. The truth from what I'm sensing here is that you need to work on your creativity. It actually has nothing to do with what other people are doing and everything to do with what you are not doing. You need to express your creativity. I know you're in school right now, but you need to take some time in your week, even if it's 15 to 30 minutes, to nurture that part of yourself, that expressive quality you had when you were making your zine. Because this pent up energy right now is being used to just sort of stalk other people's work. What if you use that same time for yourself? You are a creator. Creators gotta create. You don't have to share it. It doesn't have to be like this amazing good thing that you're absolutely in love with, but it has to be something. You have to take this part of you seriously 
and prioritize it. An artist that does not create becomes resentful. It's just like the law of the universe because you're not in your flow. You're not connecting. This is like your art, your creativity, your creative expression, even if it's just curating other people's work and putting it together in a zine. This is how you express yourself. This is how you connect to your higher self. So if you're not connecting, it's no wonder you're not on your game. It's no wonder you're going to these negative places. It's no wonder you're going to this fearful place because you're not connecting to your power. So find a way. Find a way to step into your magic. It misses you. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and 6-1 since that matters and what do I even say other than hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following question is from an Instagram DM. Hi, Bunny. I've been listening to your podcast a lot recently, and it has been so incredibly helpful. Your words truly empower me, and I just wanted to say thank you for that. I'm only a freshman in high school, but I'm trying very hard to create a great mindset for myself. And I've noticed that since going on this journey, I've started to distance myself from my friends. I feel as though my friends don't always think about others' feelings and have been starting to hurt others in our friend group. I and some others have tried to talk to them about respecting boundaries and creating a better environment in our friend group for everyone. However, they still continue to not make me feel great and I feel like my words go unheard. I also just moved to another town and whenever I talk about my new friends, a majority of the people in this friend group bash them even though they've never met. I do still hang out with them though and do have a good time, but I also find myself being uncomfortable and in one way or another judged. If you have any advice on what I can do in this situation, it would mean so much. Thank you. As we all keep growing along this path of self-awareness and having all of these realizations and seeing our patterns of thinking and behavior, we have to accept that not everyone in our life is going to be evolving in that same way at that same time. And that is okay because they are on their own journey and have their own healing to do. And it's not easy to look at all this stuff. Just because some people aren't there yet doesn't make them bad people. It just means that they have a little bit of a harder time with certain issues, and that could be for a number of reasons. The whole point of this path is to realize that we are all worthy, that contrary to what our culture and maybe our upbringing have taught us, no one is better than anyone else. So judging people for not being quote unquote as awakened as we are is just another form of the ego. It's just another way to say some people are better than others. That being said, 
We need supportive environments and supportive relationships to be able to continue on our healing path. And if we have friends that are judging us or other people around us, we have to ask ourselves, is this helping me or causing more harm? As we get older, we realize we have the power to curate our lives. We are responsible for what we let in. And that's a very empowering place to be, but it also means we have to make some hard choices sometimes. You are in a time in your life where there's going to be a lot of change. And the fact that you have this insight and intuition about the type of kindness and compassion you want in your friendships as a freshman in high school is so impressive and amazing. I wish I had that awareness when I was your age. It would have saved me so much grief. You absolutely deserve to have friends that treat you and others with respect and care. That is what a real friendship is. And maybe you moving to a new town is giving you an opportunity to be more mindful of who you actually enjoy hanging out with. Look, your friends who are struggling in that way and being unsupportive are just trying to fit into an idea they have about what it is to be cool. They haven't yet learned that really being cool is just being a kind person. But they will get there eventually, and hopefully really soon. In the meantime, just hang and talk to people who you vibe with. You don't have to feel guilty about, you know, not wanting to get on the phone at that time, maybe just not being in the mood to hang out with certain people and, you know, spending less time with them or or just being more aware when you're with them to not let those things get to you. Friendships change. It happens to all of us and it keeps happening even when we're adults. Because we keep changing. I mean, we never stop growing. And so our needs change too. You're doing amazing, hun. Just keep following your heart. It's all going to be good. Hi, Bunny. Thank you so much for this podcast and this platform. It's really helped me a lot with healing and introspection. My question is how, in short, I think, how do I, how do I feel my feelings how do I understand them and how do I communicate them? Because this is a very hard thing for me. For context, I think this pandemic has really, and moving back in with my parents during the pandemic has really highlighted this as being a problem. Um, If you ask me about most of my life, I can't really give you feelings of like feeling bad because I've like very much suppressed them. And... I think this is part to do with like a cultural thing. My parents um, immigrated from another country, from a developing country. The culture there is very much, you don't really talk to your parents about your feelings. And because my parents went through so many hardships, both just to come to America and even in America, anytime we've kind of expressed any grievances or, you know, bad feelings, it's just been interpreted as we're being ungrateful Or, you know, when we compare them to the struggles our parents went, this is very minuscule. And it's not just something upheld by my parents, but I think even my older siblings and just like other people in my family have kind of like created that environment where it's just like, it's not this dramatic. So like, you know, you're being ungrateful by like experiencing these problems. So in doing this, it's kind of created something where... 
I invalidate my own feelings. So, which is why I feel like I can't really express or even I'm really aware of my bad feet, like any grievances that I have. So how do I communicate this? Because when I communicated to my parents, all these grievances are quickly rejected. So I end up bottling those things in and then it'll be some small event like somebody will ask me something in my family and or in my home and like I will just like scream at them and I hate this reaction so much it makes me feel so bad that like I'm being such like an ugly nasty person but it's just like this is how I do with my feelings is just like suppress them until something just pisses me off and then I just like I'm so horrible so I really want to stop this. I don't want this to be like my flaw for life. So kind of how, how do I, you know, understand myself? Like I'm started therapy, started journaling, but these are like, feels like bandages. Like the problem is like these relationships. And the problem is that like the people that I want to communicate with the most for various reasons will not understand my message. So... This is kind of a little question, but I don't know if you had any ideas because I feel very stuck in this moment and I want guidance. Thank you. I am really happy that you're in therapy and are journaling. That is such an important step in processing your past and processing your feelings. And I'm so glad that you have that support. You are not a bad person for becoming emotionally explosive at your family after all this time of bottling your feelings. Both of my parents also come from a background of, you know, we don't focus on our hardships. Like it's always best to look forward and don't look at the past, etc. And that's really hard because it feels like our parents won't ever see us like in our authentic feelings, won't ever acknowledge the experiences that we've had. But from the perspective of our higher selves, we can see that whatever limitations our parents or caregivers or siblings have isn't because they don't love us or want us to be happy in our lives. It's because they are wounded and looking at certain aspects of their life or their children's lives bring those wounds to the surface. It's difficult to see our family outside of the role they play in our lives. But when we take a step back to see that they are just other human beings at a different stage in their own healing and self-awareness, we realize we can't force them to be somewhere they just aren't. Nor do we want to. Healing is a consensual process, meaning it doesn't happen for someone unless that is what they desire. But that doesn't mean we can't heal ourselves. We don't need their permission for that. All we need is our source for love. And that is within us now and always has been and always will be. Looking at the world and all our relationships from the perspective of our higher selves is seeing it through the lens of love and compassion. That doesn't mean we deny the pain we've been through or the hurt someone has caused us, but it means we see those experiences as a teaching to bring us closer to knowing our power. Everything that happens, your higher self uses to awaken more and more 
to how worthy you are of love. And that love is something that you can turn on. That love holds all your emotions, even the anger, the frustration, the pain. Love holds all of it with understanding and patience. Love acknowledges, yes, there is a reason to be angry, but that anger isn't who you are. You are the eternal light that watches the anger come in and out like waves of the ocean. And whenever you sense that inner light of love within you, you're connecting to your own healing. That is the source of your healing. That light is what heals those wounds, not your parents. That is your power, not theirs. You are on your healing path now. So trust it. There may be a time in the future when you can have those talks with your family and really connect on a heart level and feel heard by them. But that also means you have to really be in a place to hear them and to validate them as well. There is no rush to being there though. For now, keep journaling, keep going to therapy, and I would definitely recommend integrating a spiritual practice to stay connected to your higher self, to that healing source of love, to help plug you into that compassionate perspective because that will help you be less reactive to your emotions. Not to deny your emotions and feelings because they are valid, but not to be overwhelmed by them. Your practice could be meditation, which I highly recommend, or even just saying a mantra in the morning like, My life is a blessing. I am held in love. I am whole. I am healing. I belong. Well, that wraps up this week's episode. I had a really, really wonderful time writing the answers to these questions. They're so sweet. Thank you so much for sending them in. Remember to subscribe to the Patreon so you get access to the bonus episodes and help support the podcast. That's patreon.com forward slash exohigherself. Follow us on Instagram. You know, send a DM, send in your questions. Keep up the love. And for this Mental Health Awareness Month, make sure that you are on top of your self-care. This is like, you know, number one, because if we don't take care of ourselves, you know, we can't have all of the things that we want because we won't have time to actually enjoy them, right? You have to take care of your body, you have to take care of your mind, your spirit, in order to be present enough for the gifts that the universe wants to give you, okay? So... Take care of your mental health. Start those new rituals, those practices that you've been wanting to start. Prioritize your creativity. You know, all of these things actually don't take away your time. They actually bring you more time. They actually make you more efficient. All right, I will see you next week. I love you and so does your higher self. Bye. Exo Higher Self is recorded in Brooklyn, New York, hosted by me, Bunny Michael, produced by Kara Gilvey, with original music and sound mixing by Michael Bihari. 